call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Welcome to episode 48 of Call It Friend, or the podcast where two friends watch a film decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy G. Ritchie, and my co-host, Donna Katirnan, watch 2014's American Sniper. As always, the podcast contains spoilers for the film right from the start. Check out JustWatch.com for streaming and rental options in your region. You can find us on Instagram at Call It Friend or Podcast, so drop us a line there with any feedback or recommendations. But we're back, baby. Okay, so we're finally back. It's episode 48 of Call of Friendo, and we're in person. Yeah, man. Face to face. And he looks a good. a new microphone. I do look good. How do I look? You look fine. You look like, you look like a man who's back on the beers. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that in your face now, now Once, that you told me. One day. Once is enough, folks. It's a danger. Stay off it. This is it's not it. big and it's not clever. Hey. Actually, Call of, Friendo, Call of Friendo podcast specifically supports the consumption of alcohol. Yes, indeed. And I might, you might say that that's what I look like, but to other parents, I might look like a man who's had like four hours sleep. So fuck you. Okay. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Sorry. Well, listen, I'm allowed <laughs> to judge as a parentless man. Uh, parentless? parentless? Yeah. Oops. Don't tell my parents. Friends I said of the that. show, Andy's parents? But not yet. I hope they live forever, guys. <laughs> I hope they live forever. So yeah. anyway, this is. We've taken, uh, we did two weeks of holiday episodes, uh, which I titled Holidays. I and mm-hmm. holidays, I, I. Yes. And then we took two weeks off for a variety of reasons. But now I'm in Barcelona for Yay. the next three months. So we have the capability to record podcast episodes in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be real. This Stop is. looking at me. <laughs> You're sorry, making, sorry. You're making right. me uncomfortable. Well, no, I you can't look, look at me. I normally do look at you. I'm just, okay, I'm just going no, to face front like you're my shrink. Don't do that. That's fine. Okay. We don't want to talk about Look at the that. book by Tad Williams, The Dragonborn Chair. Do you want to tell me about some of the stuff you've been watching? We are going to make some, uh, we're going to make some adaptations to the podcast probably over the next few weeks. But yes. we do have, we both have a few what we've been watching things to talk about. I would hope so, given that it's been about three weeks since we've Yeah, done there's cer- certainly some things I'd like to catch up on. I'm not going to include everything. I'm just going to include the stuff that I about really, really like. Because I have three, three things. Well, I'll say, first of all, things that are currently coming out. I've been enjoying Ted Lasso and C, both so on have Apple I. TV. Have you I'm been watching C? Not C, no, Ted Lasso. I'm up to date with Ted Lasso. I think it's very touching. It's, it's still very, very moving. It's yes. very positive. Yes. It does make me want to be a better person. It's which getting I a bit of darkness in there now, though, with, yeah. old, uh, with old Ned. With, uh, is uh, that his name? No. What's he called? Wonderkid? No, yeah, the wonder, Wonderkind. That's what I said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, God, what's his character called? Nathan. 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 Oh, my God. Good Thank man. God. Good man. Thank God. And he used to be so funny, but now he's... Evil. Now he's dark. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. he's real. He's a well-rounded character. It shows the dangers... And what do you what think happens. of the love story on the horizon? They're not going to make that happen, are they? That's uh, I'm a fan. I'm on board with... Uh, I don't remember any of the characters' <laughs> names. This is the worst part. Nigerian boss lady, guy, Nigerian, old lady. Nigerian, yeah, 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 Nigerian man. Rebecca is, Rebecca the, is yeah. the boss. Uh, and then Sam... Sam is the the young African guy. Yes, that's right. Okay, so this is... A, see all the players' names? I, I, I Okay, yeah. Jamie Dutch Scott. Guy. 
Jimmy Tart. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso Beard. Coach yeah. Beard. What it a is show. probably the best show on TV, I would have to say, of the ones that I've been watching. Uh, okay, well then you clearly have not caught The White Lotus. Or have you heard of The White Lotus even? I don't think so, no. Okay. Everybody listening and Andy too needs to check out The White Lotus. So this is the first time since Faulty Towers where somebody has really successfully executed using the service industry as a prism through through which to satirize society. Now, and I can say this hand on heart, having put down 10 hard years in the service industry, I've never seen any show or film get it so right as this. There were part, uh, there, there, there's uh, like a hotel manager in it, for instance, my heart just goes out to him. There's a part where he's just being dressed down by this self-entitled arsehole. Uh, on a number of occasions, in the episode I had to pause it and just because you know my girlfriend's laughing at the exaggerated nature of the whole thing and I've had to pause it and say that has happened to me many times all of this is true this is so accurate um, so yeah I thought that was absolutely fantastic where's this set? Steve Zahn stars uh, White Lotus it's set in a luxury resort in in a luxury on a luxury resort in Hawaii so and it's just basically a week with the staff and the guests and that's that and um, yeah, it's really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. What's it similar to? Is it? It's just a straight up comedy. Is it dark or is oh, it? Oh, it's dark. Yeah, okay. it's dark. It's a comedy drama. It's similar. It is similar to Faulty Towers. Like the manager even looks a bit like Basil, and he has a few sort of Basil tendencies about him. Um, but I mean, it's American, and it, there's more realistic pathos. It's not as it's not as fully ridiculous as Faulty Towers is. But it's on the way there. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, I mean, but I suppose. Well, what lends it extra pathos in that case is the fact that it's kind of a realistic depiction of how ridiculous people can be in hotels. I'll just give you a little example: the conversations they were having in in it, I like things like, uh, "Oh, right, okay, so there's there's noise on your floor. I understand. I understand. Well, how about maybe if I if I make sure the rooms all around you are empty." or people who can't speak are in them, and then you'll have no noise. And then the person will go, yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect, that'd be perfect. The service industry is full of conversations like that, where you go, oh, right, you got a problem. Well, how about I just fuck everybody else, and I just solve your... Yeah, (laughs) And it's like, it nails it, the tempo and the way it's written. And do you know who wrote it? This is what blew my fucking mind. Mike White. Oh, right, okay, of... um, School of Rock. School of Rock fame, indeed, yeah. yeah. Uh, That was an incredible find for me. Uh, Okay, a new film that I've seen, so I suppose I'll finish on this because I've uh, been been watching quite a bit, I suppose. So I got around to watching um, The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Uh, James Gunn's, he wrote and directed it, a kind of sequel to the 2016... Did you did you ever get round to watching the 2016 one? No, I guess fuck not. That. You no. told me I, didn't I told need you to. didn't need to. I stand by that. I just wondered if you'd gone against my recommendation. I loved the Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, I'd like to rewatch it now. Actually, only a few weeks later, I would be I'd be up for seeing it's it. It's so much fun. It like it made me just you know make a mental note. I'll watch anything that James Gunn is behind. Anything. Um, and like, cause the thing is, and a friend of a uh, friend of mine, he was saying, yeah, but I'd love to see him getting back to like original materials. Have you seen his original f- films, Slither and Hero? He might have others, but I'm not sure of them. Um, yeah, you remember I talked about watching Slither and Super. Yes. 
Uh, Super, that's it. His Super. first well, his first film is something else. I have it as well. It's from like 2000. It's it's a kind of really low budget dark superhero. So it looks vaguely like the boys, but as I said, really low budget. He'd be a great. I can't remember what it's called, like Captain something or other. But yeah, I was going to watch that. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if he directed it. I think he he only wrote it because I feel like Slither was his first uh, film. He'd be a great fit for the boys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Those two worlds should be married. And I like watching a Suicide Squad. I found it like just a pity, such a pity he didn't get to do the preacher books. But honestly, it just. How Every, is everything preacher? about it, the pa- like the pacing, the gags, the way it was shot, it's shot really well. Mm. Even the, the special effects and even the big monster trash in the city. That action, Star-o. you can follow it. Yeah. It's got really good beats. Uh, oh, it was funny. It was very funny. Hilarious. And mm. yeah, yeah, Star- Starbo the Invader. Uh, the Starro? Co- st- uh, is it Starro? Starro. Yeah, S-T-A-R-O. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, afterwards, much like you, I'm sure, I looked up all of these things and they're all real characters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> DC ex- I don't know universe. anything about DC, but yeah, it's uh, always exists. I had so much fun with that. And, of course, uh, John Cena is going to be in the Peacemaker TV show now oh, because yeah, they had such fun that with before. that character. I suppose I could leave it there because, of course, I've been watching a fuck ton of stuff. But uh, Oh, no, no, no. I watched something that you thoroughly recommended I watch. <laughs> Is this good or bad? <laughs> the Empty Man. Oh, yeah. What did you think of The I Empty Man? <laughs> the Empty Man is mental. It is a mental, mental film. That, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a mindfuck of a yeah. film. Because, uh, okay, so it, it starts with this cold open, which, like you said, the trailers make it look like some sort of a teen slasher movie. It is not a teen Definitely slasher movie. Definitely is not that. Um, so, but, you know, but that never left my mind. So the whole way through the film, I'm going, <laughs> what's happened with this cold open? Eventually, it's like, how, how long is that? It's at least 30 minutes, like 35 minutes. And the film itself Super ain't long. short. The yeah, film's two hours two na- 20. Yeah, it's long. Um. But yeah, no, no. In the end, I did, like I did. I thought this is the most dull criticism ever, but I it definitely could lose twenty minutes or so. But that was uh, yeah, because the guy who directed it, like I said before in previous episode, he's like a David Fincher protege, mm. and he was going to cut more out out of it, but it just the the uh, it got taken away. The studio took it away from him. <laughs> like he'd only he'd done like one pass on it. Oh but, no, I did read but, that actually. But then did, also, yeah, 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 yeah. but then reading through people talking about it, I kind of agree. It's like sometimes I think you should just let some things like that breathe and just let them have extra screen time, and it creates something completely different. It's not a normal narrative structure that no. most films follow. And no, I like no, no, no. it. I like it for that. I could see how it could. Yeah, people could be like, "All right, okay, we get it." Yeah, two hours twenty. Is Actually, a bit the way of a it was paced and spread out, um, like genuinely, like it reminded me of a bit of a Stanley Kubrick film mm. in a way not yeah any in particular it's not, all of them. not the same quality like, but it's fine I, it was actually when we were watching uh, barry linden for this show yeah. i kind of clocked wow every kubrick film is just a slow march towards fucking doom yeah uh, and i felt like that like there's a halfway point in the slender man where you can kind of guess <laughs> slender man <laughs> slender man <laughs> within the uh, you could uh, what's it a, called again <laughs> i've already forgotten the name the empty man the empty man thank there's God. a halfway point it does the, feel like slender man just to say that it yeah. does yes there's a halfway point in the Empty Man where you can kind of see it's like oh, the, I don't. It's not good. This I felt like I could have predicted a few of the beats. I didn't know that the uh, like like spoilers for the Empty Man. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, and spoilers. also, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the Empty Man, go and watch it and don't yeah, listen do, to do, any. Do, do, don't do. watch it without reading. I, I said at the time in the previous episode, watch the Empty Man. It's from 2020s from last year. Watch it with zero, not what? I'm doing is empty that man the empty man voice? Okay, that's very nice. Well done. 
Anyway, yeah, yeah. I yeah, would watch it with fair hearing. Anyway, what was your spoiler talk of the empty man? What did you want to say? Oh no, just that I've, I like I, yeah. Especially, particularly when he goes and visits that cult, I was kind of like, ah, you're going to be the the cult leader. I just knew it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not to take anything from it. Called uh, it. Um, but uh, God, yeah, yeah. Fun movie. I thought for the longest time, I thought the main guy was um, the T-1000, though. But yeah. Anyway, the fuck have you been watching? Well, uh, I watched a cult very quickly, just go over. Oh, I've got very little to talk about. I've got three things, but I'll go over them very quickly. One of them, I, I've basically been watching like a documentary every week. And so this week or a couple of weeks ago, I watched The Smartest Kids in the World which is uh, a documentary about four American high school kids that travel abroad to experience the challenge of studying in a foreign country. So, like, one kid goes to Finland, one goes to Switzerland, one to the Netherlands, and one to South Korea because they're seeking a challenge. They're stifled by the U.S. education system. This is the kind of thing I watch. Okay, so I've worked... Is this the kind of thing you watch? It is the kind of thing I've watched. I've worked in education for a long time. I find these kind of things interesting in a, like, what is the purpose of education type way. Okay. This is quite similar. Have you ever watched uh, Waiting for Superman? No. It's a Davis Guggenheim documentary about, like, a group of kids who are trying to get into charter schools in the U.S., and it's just, it's all like, that documentary is all about how the U.S. education system is number one for confidence. Like, the kids are some of the most confident people. They create the most confident people mm. in the world. But then their general knowledge is shocking. As They're dummies. Well, I don't want to say they're dummies, but they're, yeah, okay. They're, I they're, think there's a bit of that going around in Spain, too. <laughs> well, no, 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 right? Just their general knowledge Outside of Spain, and actually <laughs> Spanish history, like or from around the middle of the last century, is shocking. They don't know anything. They don't know capital cities. I don't. I think it's something to do with the pub quiz culture that we have, or something like that. There's a respect for trivia in Ireland. Maybe the same in Scotland. Like when I was a kid, everybody fucking knew every capital of everywhere. It would almost be a content. Nobody knows anything here. Yeah, that's fair enough. I don't. Yeah, I see what you mean about like a pub quiz culture, certainly. But in this documentary. They all have vastly different experiences. One of them bombs out and ends up having to like quit their year abroad, which is quite funny because they were so arrogantly going on about how much better they are than the US school system. And then when they were in a foreign country, they were like, I'm fucking thick as shit. Which country? <laughs> well, I don't, no spoilers. I don't want to say which one. <laughs> now, okay, there was the one who, because the guy who goes to uh, Holland, drops out. And they're, and well, the whole point is that basically, like in other countries, kids are given freedom to, to motivate themselves to achieve things. Mm. And in the US, they have to ask for that hall pass. I didn't realize that was an actual thing to get like a hall pass Explain from your me. teacher. If you go to the toilet, yeah. you have to get like a giant big fuck off pass. And then if someone stops you in the corridor, they're like, where's your hall pass? Like that, I didn't realize that was like an actual part of the U.S. school system. Yeah, I could. Well, I just just from TV. Yeah, I know but that. but from TV. But yeah, in this documentary, that's a thing. Whereas in other countries, people are like, you know, they just they're sixteen, seventeen years old. They just get up and go to the toilet because they don't ask have because you, they're treated like adults. Have you ever um, read the book, watched the movie, or seen the TV show Friday Night Lights? Yeah, the the film. I haven't seen the TV series. Like, in all three, it's kind of emphasized that the idea of peaking at 18 is, mm. like, 
a real thing in 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 the states. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for a lot of people, because you know, athletics is you yeah, know, that's something they, that's something they touch they touch upon that in in this film. They're like sports is the number one thing, which is just mad to see. Yeah, for schools. Yeah, yeah, they're like, there's nothing more important than our organized sports Like, program. in Ireland, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, in Friday Night Lights, you see the whole town gathered in a fucking stadium to watch the football team. In Ireland, I think parents would be annoyed into having to go to see their kids play sport. That's about it. Yeah. You know? But, uh, well, I mean, that actually does sound interesting. It's it's reasonably interesting. I wouldn't say it's the best documentary ever, but yeah. You so know. You've, you've been watching one a week? Yeah, I watched, uh, I, I think I've talked about a documentary every week over the last uh, Maybe I should watch while. a documentary a week. Well, I'm definitely going to watch that Inside George W. Bush's War Room about 9-11 documentary. Well, I, well, I might check that out. Well, we uh, in future weeks, we're going to have a bit of film news, likely, um yeah please do send us any recommendations as well joanne torres shout out to uh to enemy of the show joanne torres who sent me a recommendation today for a documentary it is called oh yeah a glitch in the matrix and it's all about the world being a simulation so i will be watching that as well shout out joanne torres but apart from that uh i watched a couple of things um of not newness. Those are words. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was Quiz, which is uh, an ITV drama series that came out at the start of lockdown. It was basically the UK's equivalent to um, Tiger King. It is in terms of, but like, it's a dramatization, lo- isn't it? In terms of lockdown, I just mean in terms of oh, like okay. the thing that everyone watched at the start of lockdown in the UK. This, this was it. is the dramatization of that fellow who cheated on Who Wants to Be Charles a Ingram, Charles and Diana Ingram, a married is it, couple. Is it good? Is it worth a watch? Uh, yeah, so it's directed by Stephen Frears. Not bad. So I'm a big fan of mm. High Fidelity, among other things that he made. The Queen. Yep, I, I like her. She's nice. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Frears also directed Dirty Pretty Things, which was made, it was produced oh, by yeah. Salador. Yeah, yeah. And Salador is the company that made Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So he was all, and he made that in like 2002. And this happened in 2001. This so Stephen Frears was. Audrey Tato, uh, yeah. written by Stephen Knight. Right. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. About yeah. human trafficking. Human trafficking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. So Stephen Frears is already in in Salador. He knew all the people and all the players, but because like he's able to capture quite a sort of breezy tone, mm. it's not that serious because essentially it's people cheating at a game show. Mm. But they were uh, in real life; they were absolutely vilified in the press. I mean, I remember yes, it all happening were, yeah. back in the day, and it was in reality they were just sort of trying to game the system. Yeah. But, you know, they're being treated as though they were pulling off a heist for a million pounds, which I guess like it could be argued. like they were stealing from starving children or something. Yeah, I guess it could be argued that that's what they were doing. And not the, st- not the starving children part, but they were like planning, plotting together to steal a million pounds. But um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite breezy. It's quite funny. Matthew, Matthew McFadden is excellent. He's in... Uh, Succession, which I've only mm. still only watched one episode of. He plays uh, Charles Ingram in this. He's very funny. The wife is Shan Clifford. I don't know her at all. I think she's in Fleabag. She could be like the friend in Fleabag or something. She yeah. could be. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it. You've seen Fleabag. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. She could You're looking be. at me. I don't know. I haven't seen this. I you know she's in Fleabag. it. Fleabag. Everybody's fucking I will, seen Fleabag. I will. What, are you a sexist? Yes. We've already established uh, I am a sexist. 
But the best turn has to be uh, Michael Sheen, who mm-hmm. plays Chris Tarrant. He does it. Oh, I've heard he's brilliant. He's, actually, he is Chris Tarrant. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. disturbing. I've heard he's brilliant. It's very good. And then the the late Helen McCrory plays uh, the Ingram's lawyer. Ah, yeah, poor old Helen poor McCrory. Helen McCrory. McClur- Helen McCrory. <laughs> from off of the Peaky Blinders. Did, did an Asian turn there? Friend of the show. Apart from that, I also watched Innocent season one, which you spoke about a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, I agree with what you said. It's got nice procedural, another ITV drama, same creator as the TV show Unforgotten, which, as you said, I think is superior. Yes. I thought it was just a nice, uh, it's a, a solid drama. I disagree with what you said. I think you said that the ending sort of came out of nowhere, but I felt like it was seeded a little bit throughout. I thought there was key evidence but it could just be a case of when someone tells you there's a twist ending, you start like really paying attention and going like, hmm. "Yeah, fair enough. My bad, I suppose." Um, You're bad indeed. I, <laughs> you, I suppose you might have been able to call it by casting, such as the way you were able to call by casting in a second that the dad didn't actually do it. Why? Because he's just because he doesn't nice look like guy. a murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. not got murderer body or face. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Yeah. Just so like spoilers nice for Innocent guy. season one. The guy who's accused of murder didn't do it. He is actually innocent. We'll give you that. Are you going to watch season two of this at some point? I have it all yes. queued up and ready to go with the five million other things I have. <laughs> yes, I will. The only reason I got a hold of season one is because I heard season two was really good, which makes no sense considering right. it's an anthology, it's an anthology show. Anthology, but I yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. did yeah. Never anyway. mind. Never mind. It's good. Well, at least now we know the, the we know the format. Mm. But the next one is about a lady, which seems that. quite far-fetched. A lady, an innocent woman. <laughs> it's the first one in recorded history. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sure she did something. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the end, yeah. We can, we can go protest Eve. outside of, uh, ITV, That's calling right. it a science fiction show. That's right. Okay, well... I think that's the end of our what we've been watching section. So I think we're ready to move into our discussion, our long-awaited discussion. We've been waiting about three weeks to talk about American Sniper. A film I have now seen three times, and I can tell everybody probably twice is enough for this one. I don't think I need to see it again. I've seen it once. you don't. uh, Once was enough for me to believe. Well, I'm sorry, because this is kind of... I mean, the reason that we watched this was because I have been putting it off for about seven years, probably for the reasons that it turns out are the reason why, reasons why you only need to watch it once or twice. Because mm. I, my main fear was like, okay, it's Clint Eastwood. We kind of know what to expect from a Clint Eastwood film. Also... Chris Kyle, so I'm assuming people have some fam- some familiarity or have seen this film anyway, but yeah. Chris Kyle is a very controversial figure. He's a dirty, stinking liar. Yeah, he, he's, what his, his, his main thing is he said that he fought Jesse Ventura. <laughs> well, that was his main big lie, but no, no, no. That's not the most ridiculous one for me. killed four million people. Well, okay. He ha- he, okay. I'll do the- fair- Wait, let me say this. In Go fairness on. to him, he, is, he has like... 160 confirmed kills. This is the thing. You can't take that away from no. him. He killed those innocent this people. This is the interesting thing. This is the really interesting thing, is that he's a certified fucking badass. Yeah. So why all the fibbery? I tend to think he's got some sort of a fucking pathology or something. Because it's just, some of the lies... Well, that, not anymore. Now he's got to yeah, yeah. live under the ground pathology. <laughs> 
but friend of the show pathology. Well, first of all, in in his, like he doubled his. So your real kill count is always a little higher than your confirmed kill count, right? Because but you don't go his. around, right? You don't go around, you know, searching for trophies and like predator style. Exactly. So he doubled his. Number one, and uh, number two, there's the Jesse Ventura thing. Number three, there's the uh, see. Some of the lies are very easy to confirm that they were lies. Well, some of uh, his military records and medals he got, he lied about that too. And but the big one for me is he said that him and a bunch of his mates took guns and went to yeah, New well, Orleans yeah. during Hurricane, <laughs> Hurricane Katrina, Katrina and to, shot uh, like thirty <laughs> murder, murdered people, murdered people yeah. from the top of a building. That's insane. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he wait, he said that the he said something like the uh, U.S. government said it was okay. They're like he let they let me do it. Yeah, but I mean, right? Fucking madman. So I got I, this set me thinking a lot because okay, so I saw this years ago uh, when I had never heard of Chris Kyle, and then I, I would, I'm occasionally if he's got a good guest, I'll listen to Jocko Willing's podcast, and he's a former Navy SEAL as well, right? He would have been, he would have been a commander of of uh, Chris Kyle's Oh really? Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only I just see memes with his head. Is he like a Rogan type? He would be, yeah, but he's he, but he's uh, like he seems like an actual I mean he like a psychopath. He's an again a, like a confirmed killer. Well, he's a I like I just think he's genuinely like a, an impossibly amazing human being. Like right. he's just crazy. He's one of those like he gets up at three gets up 30 at 4 a.m and lifts yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. shit he's got like a bunch of businesses that are all like on american soil making whatever nice. he thinks like i mean you know he's the like the the sort of he's the real deal but yeah he was platoon commander or whatever you call it of uh, chris kyle and i remember i was listening to one episode with him a couple of years ago and he goes well i mean yeah yeah so i was with uh, chris kyle and um whatever about you know what people say about chris kyle and whatever about the the movie they made when I knew him, he was a good guy. So that got me sort of looking into it and I became interested in it. And I got more interested again when I was watching this. And you see, there, there, there's a culture of this kind of thing in a weird way, but I think Chris Kyle is something completely different. In, in America, they call them, not in America, in the United Kingdom, they call them waltz. Waltz. People who lie about the service. Oh, yes. What do you mean? You mean Waltz. But, but they call them uh, like Walter Mitty's people. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Living in a fantasy world. But the, it, his is not like stolen valor, though, is it? He no, still killed not. a million fucking. That's, that's why I think it's like this odd, sort of weird pathology, right. to be honest. Because I like, I don't know why. I, I, okay, fair enough. I, full disclosure, because I think I've said this on another podcast. I used to have this pathology. I used to be like... Now, see, I do know this about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to not be able to not lie. And how many people have you killed from this balcony? <laughs> at least, I, at least you, six listeners, billion, listeners, you can't see this, but <laughs> like just behind my back, there's a huge balcony, that, and there's just this vista across like the north part of Barcelona, and you could very easily... You have a nice little sniper's nest from up here. Like... Spain is so <laughs> so shootable. It's so, no, but it's also it's also. I mean, people are so not expecting a mass shooting here. You could get a lot done. <laughs> like I think police officers would be sipping vermouth as they heard the shots going. Is there a fucking mass shooting going on here? I don't know. Especially because there's there's like three guys working out on a, a neighboring rooftop. 
So that you could probably get all three of those guys just lined up. There's going to be a moment where like one bullet could at least take out two of them. Is that what they're doing? Are they working out? I don't know. I think so. (laughs) I assume so. Whenever I see men on a rooftop, in my mind, they're working out. They're very sweaty. You know that your man... Uh, Marcus Tyrell, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah, the one from uh, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Like, he was yeah. a big fibber, Mark, Mark, too. Uh, Marcus Luttrell. Uh, he was a big fibberoonie as well. But So here's a nice little sidebar, but it's an interesting story as well. And actually, this story would probably make a more interesting movie than that Peter Berg movie. I haven't seen Lone Survivor. That's uh, not great. Okay. Particularly when you hear it's all fibbery. Apparently, the in the in the film and in the book he wrote about it, he says that there was like so between um, 150 and 200 members of the Taliban that he was like surrounded by and had to shoot his way out of. Right. No. So he was on it. Like that's why it's called Lone Survivor. Yeah, I assume yeah, yeah. he was alone and he survived. But apparently there was only eight, and there was actually no <laughs> firefight. And so and one guy was on crutches. I believe the guy who took so an Afghan an Afghan family took him in at you know great personal risk. And they got him back, and he got one of those. Uh, he he got the main guy who helped him um, asylum in the states. And then when that guy was interviewed uh, regarding like um, Marcus, whatever's Marcus, Mar- Marcus Luttrell, Marcus Luttrell's story. The guy said, "Well, no, there wasn't a firefight, and there was only like eight guys." <laughs> and then your man, then uh, your man, cut all ties with him and didn't sponsor his like asylum. And I, I gather he got to stay in the end, but like it got r- publicly rough between the two of them. There must be all kinds of shenanigans like that going on over the last few weeks with uh, the uh, troops pulling out. Sorry to get oh. real for a second yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure there is. But I'd like to say well done to the Taliban. Congratulations. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, perseverance wins the day. That's it, eh? absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you, it's it's yeah. hard. As we have as we established in uh, Rambo 3, it's quite difficult to win a war in Afghanistan. But anyway, with regards to all of um, Chris Kyle's porky pies, I think... I think you can establish well enough by looking at the finer... A lot of the finer, like, just, let's say production value in the in the picture some of the finer details on that you can kind of gather that i don't think clint gives much of a fuck about anything except his his theme that he's trying to get through what is that theme i think he's like basically the troops are not being supported or something is it like no no i don't think he means that i think he's basically his career follows a certain arc let's say of like these mythical heroes you mean his career as a director, as a director, and an actor okay, as well, I wondered actually. if you were including the actor. I thing would include as well. that. Yeah, yeah, I would like um, sort of mythical heroes. And now he, where he's winding down, and I think this began with American Sniper. He's looking at much more so at real life heroes and the human cost of of things like that. I think he's also very interested in um, the psychological cost of combat, in a sense. Yeah. But I think I think the main thing that he's looking at is uh, personal sacrifice. He never served, did he at all? Was no, he in the he military? Didn't. No. But he's a big he's a big uh, he's a big time conservative. Now he's a libertarian. He's been a libertarian for years. That's not really a surprise, given no. some of his characters, and I think how. Boy. Cowboy types tend to yeah, be yeah, fairly yeah. Gran Torino and all that crack. You Gran know? Torino, yeah. Well, uh, bef- yeah, I guess film we c- than this. Well, we, we can get on to talking about other Eastwood films in a second. I just mm. want to say the reason I put this off was genuine. It was because I just assumed it was going to be this fucking jingoistic hagiography about the about Chris Kyle, and I assumed it was just going to be like America. I don't think it, it. I don't think it is. It's not. It's not really. But it does. It does. At times, feel like a weird series of events. It's like missions with no context, B 
because you're just supposed to see you know Chris Kyle's own personal involvement rather than any overarching yeah. war. I think yeah yeah yeah. I think um, cuz how many tours it shows like four. about four tours. He does four I tours. Mean, that's yeah. a lot. And like the thing is as well is like I mean you have to remember the you know everybody's favorite wars. Uh, you didn't do tours. You went, yeah, and then you and came back when when the when the war was over. You know, but uh, no, I like I do think yeah, it is essentially just about Chris Kyle and his misses. And I think, like, thank God for um, Brad Cooper and uh, Sienna Miller because they do just they give really strong performances and very much center the film where there's no real center. Yeah, you know, they like they make it about them because it's not really about the conflict. You know. It's about him as first of all a patriot, and then as a, as like a you know just somebody who's making the loads of ultimate sacrifices. But um, do you want to talk Clint now? Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm not really including play Misty for me, High Plains Drifter. I'm not really no? outlaw Josie. Well, they are obviously their films that he directed, but like I think his real directing career for me kind of. Um, I know this is controversial. I'm going to say it almost. Uh, starts when he's not appearing in the films. Uh, it's a, certainly a different kind of. Uh, Actually, he's yeah. also in so many of the one, the other ones that I wasn't even really considering. Unforgiven, things like that. But mm. when you get round to something like Mystic River, yeah, that's to me baby, is that, that feels of... like that's when the modern. Oh yeah, he was in Million Dollar Baby yeah, as he's well. He's in Gran Torino. He's in Gran Torino. Okay, so forget that. But. There, I mean, around the time of uh, Mystic River in 2003, that felt like he was moving into a very different area of, I'm just the director, mm. I'm not acting, I'm not starring in these films. Well, he's I'm starring doing in his next different. film as well. Um, the, the, his next film directing. Crime he, the guy's retired from um, The guy's retired from acting like three or four times, um, but always ended up being brought back in uh, oftentimes by himself once by his daughter i believe um but yeah he's 91 years old so he's got his whole life ahead of him um as far as uh, his directed material where do you land so there's a there's obviously now going back to the 1970s there are some great films and high plains drifter is a great yeah film. yeah i mean follow i didn't i didn't want to disregard them because i wasn't saying they were good mm. i just feel like they're very different I just feel like that era of his directorial career doesn't have much connection to something like American Sniper, which I feel is closer. I mean, American Sniper has uh, the same cinematographer uh, that he used since uh, Bloodwork, Tom Stern, who okay. worked. So from 2002 forwards, all of his films look so similar. They have a yeah. real kind of washed out, almost artificial look to them. Yeah. And I think it works. I mean, they look nice. I I watched uh, Changeling not that long ago. That's a very within good the film. last few years, and I mean, again, it they all have a almost a very similar tone as well. The in right that one in particular, but there are others from the last few years that have gone under the radar, and I think I think are quite tell me what's good. good. I'm just going to say a couple that like Hereafter. I did not like. No, I that was right. one. Okay, so. I enjoy Gran Torino, but the problems in Gran Torino exist in a number of other films, which is the big thing, the thing that Clint Eastwood is famous for, the doing one take and then moving on. Because Gran Torino, and Gran Torino has the other the problem, Asian the Asian actors, yeah, yeah. getting the real Hmong, Hmong, Hmong people mm. who had never acted before. And if you go to YouTube and look up the scene of the, the boy 
who's telling, he's asking Walt, he's asking Clint Eastwood to let him out. And he goes, let me out. Let me out. And it is hilarious. It's not supposed to, some of the dialogue in that, it's a shame because Gran Torino is a good film, but it is ruined by the the awful, awful actors. Uh, Hereafter has some of those problems. Um, but yeah, tell me what. Tell me some of the others that you thought. Like things like Sully feel very throwaway. Sully's great. You like you it? Watch I just it. feel. I, I mean, I've seen it. it. Yeah. yeah, it just felt very, very, uh, just very lightweight to what, me. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I thought that was what was so interesting because uh, I think I think the like okay. Have you ever seen Norm Macdonald making fun of that? Basically, that sounds familiar, but I okay, don't recall. Okay, so he did this great bit on David Letterman. Anybody should look it up. It's hilarious. Where he um, said, uh, "Oh yeah, no, I've actually, this was about a week after uh, Sully Sullenberger landed the plane in the Hudson, and uh, Norm was on Letterman and said, "Yeah, yeah, no, I've actually got the film rights to his li- to his life." Uh, he's like, "Oh wow, that's going to be great. That's going to be an amazing story." It's like, "Well, no, no, we've actually filmed." Yeah, yeah, we wrapped like two weeks ago before any of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just him. It's, and the, the name of the plan is uh, Sully. The name of the film is Sully, Airport Pilot. And it's just him <laughs> flying the plane. Sounds good. So I want to see that film. Um, Norm playing him. Uh, but yeah, what I liked about it so much, I do find that interesting, that whole idea of... Um, we spoke about this recently. Haven't watched United ninety three. I actually heard some of the phone calls that um, some of the like uh, air hostesses from the United ninety three. I think, so, I think uh, aren't, aren't, aren't some of the phone calls in that film the real phone calls? Yeah, some of them. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the ca- like how calm their voices are. Yeah, is amazing to me. And like they nailed that. I thought that that was for me was a very interesting part of Sully. Is that the whole way where it's going down? Where it's like don't. That's not working. That's not working. Okay, we're going to have to put it down in the Hudson. I just think it's an interesting examination of what real life heroes are and it's pretty, like it's in his filmography at the moment. That's what he's working on. He's got that um film 1517 to Paris I think about the, where he used the real people who Have who, you seen that? That's no, from 2018. No, I've I, heard it's not good. Yeah, that seems that feels like it's in a similar uh wheelhouse to American sniper of taking this. I don't, I mean, I guess this goes back to what you're saying about like real life heroes, mm. but using the real actors on a fairly inconsequential event. I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say, I mean, I'm sure like a, a, a two or three people died. <laughs> I'm not trying to downplay <laughs> these people's lives, but it feels like you're Nobody like, chase the one? train. This Nobody yeah. fought on top of the train. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Boring. Like, this, uh, sorry to the people, the individuals who died <laughs> and I'm sure more would have died, but is that worth this film? I don't know, but I still haven't seen 1517 to Paris. Uh, uh, I don't think Richard I ever Jewel? will. I've, I've, I've been meaning to, I haven't got around I enjoyed to it. Richard I like, uh, I like Paul Walter Hauser. Old Stingray from uh, Cobra Kai. This season is it. Two. Yeah. Um. I did. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that on a similar level to Sully. But like, I mean, f- uh, fair enough. I think the last really great film he did would would probably be uh, Changeling for me. Changeling. Yeah. I uh, haven't seen Invictus. I never. There's all, all these things that I kind of passed on because I was like, eh, I don't know if I really. Jay Edgar, Jersey Boys. Jay Edgar is very boring. That's, I mean, most of these I think I probably, if I haven't seen it, I went to the reviews and went like, meh. Um, but I mean, here's the thing as well, is like, I don't know, he achieved 
legendary status. I'd say the, the the full stop on his career, he'd stopped having to prove anything to anybody once he made Unforgiven. Right, and that's almost 30 years ago at this point. Yeah, so. yeah. And like, th- to be fair, I mean... It, it, he was si- already old at that point. He yeah, was yeah. in his 60. He was like about 60. And I suppose... Similarly to Woody Allen, he kind of does what he wants and he's productive about it. So, I mean, fucking let him off. You could never accuse him of being a charlatan, like, you know? I would never think of it. No. But, yeah, uh, recent years product. uh, But still, even for me now, that said, I've only seen it once. But I would find something like Sully more interesting than American Sniper. But that said, I have seen it three times. But it was just when I was watching American Sniper this time around, I just realized, yeah, we watched... Um, Black Hat. You know that sequence where the terrorist goes out to the boat to get the yeah, missile and yeah, comes yeah, back? Yeah. That level of detail, I, that's attractive to me. I like yeah. that. Clint Eastwood doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> stuff like that. There's a scene in this where the, it's the meet-cute, between, which is apparently quite close to what actually happened between um, uh, Bradley Cooper and Sienna Miller, right? Where they're doing shots. And some of the shots are the size of, <laughs> like, orange orange juice at a breakfast yeah. buffet. Like, it's just ridiculous. And they're, they're pouring them back. To, to be fair, at least she does run out of the bar and vomit in the street. Because I was looking at these going, like, fuck me, I would be on the floor. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just a, an eye to detail. It's it, like, it, it, you know, somebody could have gone... Nobody drinks shots like that. What are you talking about? These guys do. It's a fucking Navy SEAL bar. Or what about the fake baby? Things like that. Now, see, okay, I I have to make an admission here. I'd heard all about the fake baby, and I I did not notice at all when I was watching. When does it occur? Uh, His because I kind of assumed he shot a fake baby or something. No, it's most apparent at a point where Sienna Miller hands him the baby. Oh, I guess uh, babies don't really exist to me. I think for you as a as a parent of a a young child, maybe. But once again, goes to prove my theory that Clint Eastwood just doesn't give a fuck. Like, well, he was right for me because I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not paying. I was paying attention to Chris Kyle shooting things. I did think at one point like. Chris Kyle seems to have infinite bullets. <laughs> it's yeah. just he's never reloading. He's just constantly he's got he's got the most ridiculous sniper like silenced sniper rifle and he's just going pew, 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 pew. Yeah, yeah, but once again Clinton give a fuck. Also, I loved it. It's like something from a game. This it, was, it, it does feel me very game shooter, which it definitely yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> it's know? very very gamey. It's like Call of Duty American Sniper. Um also like Another way that you could figure Clint doesn't give a fuck is the soldier banter was very cringy, I Ooh, found. Hoorah. Hoorah. Oh, no, stuff like, uh, oh, oh, uh, tastes like dog shit. Well, yeah. You, you, would, know, you, would, know, you no. would know because you eat dog. You, you yeah. eat shit out of a dog's <laughs> ass. That is the stuff that you have for your breakfast, you big dog shit <laughs> dog doo-doo eater. I suppose it must have been like... <laughs> maybe they workshopped it try to find like <laughs> realistic soldier banter and just realize oh my god this is all just homophobia we can't put this in the movie well one of the guys <laughs> is calling wh- each other gay <laughs> what one of the guys is actually the real guy as well really dauber <laughs> dauber which again in in scotland sounds like he's a so pe- not one a of the penis. guys who died kevin dauber latch he fought with Kyle, he did two tours, and he was hired to prep Bradley Cooper, and then he auditioned for the role as himself. The, the guys are all... I couldn't tell you any... I mean, I couldn't tell you the names of Ted Lasso characters either, mm. but I can't really tell you the names of any of the characters here. Boggles? There's 
Biggles. Biggles. Biggles, yeah. And Mark is the guy who um, who gets a bit pessimistic. You can't just be called Mark if you're in the in the military. That's ridiculous. You should, you have to be called like Marco or sh- uh, Shooter. Yeah, I suppose. Kill a kill a kill a. Probably did have a nickname. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Pedo. the guy who got killed for being pessimistic. Yeah, well, that is, I agree with that. I think that should happen. So, and also, like, okay, this ended up being a Clint Eastwood movie. Um, I can't. Th- didn't a number of other directors have their eyes on this? It was, uh, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg was developed it, yeah. it. He worked on the script. He apparently Spielberg introduced the the enemy sniper thing, which is apparently is also bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's fictitious. Uh, but I like that. I do like the idea of him being like a Syrian mm. like athlete, Olympian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Olympian. And you see the photo of him like winning a medal again. All horse shit. It's based on there's some connection to some real sniper, but it wasn't like a a cool cat and mouse chase between like the Red Baron of snipers. Well, it's based on Enemy at the Gates. If yeah, anything, yeah, which, isn't it? which yeah, is yeah. an as another film. It's a film I like, even yeah, though it too. has extremely dodgy accent work, where just people kind of either did the Russian accent or did. There's whatever a very they sexy sex scene in that. Okay, well, uh, but he's a uh, that the director that's um, Jean Jacques Anur. He's a he's a he's into sexy sex. He's a sexy sex man. I think he directed uh, the Lover. I want to say the nineteen ninety two film. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't don't look that up, folks. It's bad news. <laughs> it's bad yeah, news yeah, bears. but no, the the but the the sexy sex scene isn't all explicit. They're like in this like sort of. If you remember, there's a love triangle in that film. And I remember uh, very little about it, but I um, do I do observe Jude Law. One of the one of the dudes is uh, Jude Law's like dorky propaganda manager, let's say, and one of the guys is Jude Law and Rachel Weisz in the middle. Mm. Who's she going to go for? This is Jude Law in the, the Jude like, Law early two thousand as well. He's yeah. a hot That's piece hot. of ass, That's like prime Jude Law. So exactly, so they have sex in the um, like surrounded by all these other people who are just knackered from war and stuff, and you just kind of get like a, a little bit of a flash of Rachel Weisz's bum, and then they have sex under the under the blankets. It's it's sexy. I get the feeling you've watched that scene more than you've watched the anime, uh, film of Anime of the Gates. No, I mean, I just remember... I like it for Bob Hoskins. He's my favorite part. <laughs> I do like it for <laughs> Bob Hoskins. I'll just say this one thing about American Sniper. The visual blog Information is Beautiful stated that while taking creative license into account, the film was 56.9% accurate. Huh. When compared to real life events, I like that. I like that it's a percentage, but it's yeah. just over half accurate. It, like they went to Iraq, that part was correct. Everything else, I wonder falls. what percentage like Star Wars gets. <laughs> How accurate is that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it 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 took place. This all happened, but yeah, not in a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago. Did you find the film thrilling? Uh, Do you think I, Spielberg dropped it because uh, Chris Kyle was a big dirty liar? That's a better question first than the other one. What did uh, What did Spielberg exit to do? It's a good question. So the thing that he directed, which would have come out, he in 2015, Bridge of Spies. He did the Bridges Bridge of Spies and the BFG kind of back to back. Actually, and then the Post and Ready Player One. They all came out like a year after each other, which is kind of mental. Yeah, so the he BFG took it. was not good. He had between 2012 and 2015, like 2012 was Lincoln, 2015 Bridge of Spies. So I guess this was supposed to go in that space and he was developing American Sniper. And then I, maybe he just decided it's not a very Steven Spielberg story because well, it it's isn't. not. It isn't, no. 
Apparently, Chris Kyle said that he, the one director he wanted to make a film about his life was Clint Eastwood. Mm. But then we've already established that he's a lying bastard. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he also wanted Bradley Cooper to play him and Sienna Miller to play his wife, probably. Yeah, yeah, and he wanted right, f- right down to like craft services. I wanted that guy on craft baby. services. Yeah, he demanded a fake baby. Did you find it thrilling? The film? I yeah, well that's what I was saying. Like I sure I enjoyed I I do like those the scenes of like uh taking down doors and going up against the enemy sniper. Yeah, sure. Shooting the young boy at the start. I I, I enjoyed the way that they kind of Yeah, yeah, me too. Fleshed that out I with thought the, the flashback. Was terrific, actually. Yeah, I liked all that the flashback of his, his dad teaching him never to leave his rifle and you know ground. where they shot it? Where the this which parts? The war scenes. Well, some of it is around LA. The final battle scene is on a building in like Santa Clarita or somewhere in California. Stuff mm. is it some stuff is in Morocco. Okay. But yeah, it's not it's not in Iraq. But surprisingly, yeah, some of the battle scenes are in California. They're around LA. So I, I mean, guess there are some job. fairly shitty neighborhoods. Well, so yeah, not... there's that too. Um but yeah, I, I thought the from this time around, this be my general assessment. The opening, I mean, it opens brilliantly. I thought, yes, I'm totally here for this. Then you've got the father giving his uh, wolfy sheep uh, speech, which is basically like American kind of, I don't know, what what would you call it? Exceptionalism. Just... World, world police. Yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. Bad. There are good people and there are bad people. The bad people are going to attack the good people, so we need to attack yeah, the yeah. bad people to ensure... It's like the dicks, pussies, and assholes. It is exactly that. It's that. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I'm kind of like, oh yeah, it makes sense if they're doing this film. But then I suppose it's just because I've seen it so many times. But I started to notice how little of a shit Clint Eastwood gave about the details. And then having found out what a dirty liar Chris Kyle was, that kind of meshed together to make this kind of. I mean, it just. I didn't. I the the whole American expansionist take on it didn't really bother me so much, but just the kind of lack of attention to detail bugged me overall. I thought Bradley Cooper was absolutely terrific yeah. in the film, and I think if it wasn't like he just centers it completely, and I think if it hadn't been for him, it would yeah. be unwatchable. Almost. I mean, they they originally wanted Chris Pratt. Which I think would have it wouldn't have worked. I think no, I don't think so either. I just there's something about Bradley Cooper. At times, he reminds me of like Robin Williams well, playing he's a, really a serious character. Ca- yeah, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. But I was saying this. I was having a conversation the other day. He's so unflashy. He's mm. just he's a good actor, but he doesn't have the kind of X factor that makes him stand out. Someone you know, in comparison to like some of the greats. Mm. But he's always good, and he's... Think about this. The guy who played Chris Kyle is the voice of Rocket Raccoon. I mean, that's that's fucking insane. I can never... That can't be the same person. I mean, that is just... That's madness. I I feel like I still need to see a video of him doing the voice of uh, Rocket Raccoon. Have you seen those old um, actor studio clips of him? Of him asking like a million questions. Yeah, of him going like, uh, Mr... You're talking to Sean Penn. Like, oh, Mr. Penn, uh, my name's Bradley Cooper. I'm a third-year actor. It's so funny to to see all that when he was in the actor's studio. Like the first thing I remember calling him in was Wedding Crashers. Absolutely. He's like the dickhead uh, brother. Yeah, yeah. He's very good as well. He's he's got he's got a sense which is clear, he's got a sense of comedy. He's Mm. he's funny, he's 
he's obviously a very, very good actor, and he's a yeah, handsome no, man. And he started to uh, emerge as a bit of a David O. Russell favorite. I think he's done three films for him now. Right. Um, and he's cast to be in his next one, too. Um, and, of course, he's he wrote and directed... Um, uh, the... Lady, 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 lady Gaga, Gaga <laughs> lady, the Lady Gaga experience. Yes, a exactly. Star is Born. A Star is Born. Yeah, the did remake. you see that? I did. I did not uh, care for it particularly. That was back in the drinking days, mm. and I desperately needed to go to the toilet, so I missed the last minute of the film, and I've <laughs> never gone back to check. But I'm pretty sure it's she's on st- spoilers for the end of the stars born which i haven't seen the end of but i'm pretty sure that she uh go- does a concert and has like a big picture of him in the background or something i missed something literally like that, yeah. the last minute that really my like, bladder like really like a uh, hit me in the ghoulies because um yeah spoilers he commits suicide and uh anything with suicide gets me right in the but that, i mean that again I, does that that happens in the previous versions as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard. It's always story. the guy. The guy dies, right? Yeah, yeah. Never her. Yeah, there we go. Innoc- <laughs> Innocent season two, folks. <laughs> Question mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got anything to say about the cast for these fuckers? I do, but just before that, um, the other key data from this one: the budget was fifty-nine million, which actually seems quite cheap in retrospect. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, and I'd agree with you. The crazy thing about it, the worldwide gross was five hundred and forty-seven million. That was that was the criteria for this one was they had to so have those, grossed over half a billion. And that's Stars and Stripes box office, huh? Wow. Yeah, three hundred and fifty million of that was the U.S. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so people, you can imagine people in the South turning up at this one, and I mean, at the end of the film, you see images of Chris Kyle's uh, coffin being taken to the cemetery, and people are like lining the streets because he's a he's a Texan hero. So I imagine in, all those people went in North Korea. Only gay people wanted to see it. That's what I read in the North <laughs> Korean newspaper. <laughs> I think they say that about probably every <laughs> everything, anything from the U.S. Yes, it, we open McDonald's. <laughs> It's full of homosexuals. Absolutely. And that is the, that is the authentic uh, North Korean accent there, folks. Right. The, it was nominated for six Academy Awards. Do you know what they were? Surely director? Uh, n- uh, no. Okay. Surely actor? Yes. Bradley Cooper's. Uh, surely adapted screenplay? Yes. For Jason Hall? <laughs> Which is just, what a, uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's just a bullshit. Well, right? because he actually adapted it from, like, uh, a fucking, like, <laughs> some, <of> like <laughs> he adapted it from some used toilet paper. <laughs> a coloring book that by he Chris found Kyle. on the ground. Uh, let's see, what else? Sienna Miller, did she get nominated? No, come on now. Come on really? now. Let's be, let's be serious about oh, this. Oh, right. No. I thought she was pretty good. I, d- I honestly didn't, I had no idea who it was i didn't know that was sienna miller until uh, the end it's probably some bullshit like editing. yeah the others are all bullshit yeah. film the things <laughs> the parts of filmmaking that don't mean anything at all exactly editing Editors, sound if editing you're doing your job right i don't know you film editing sound editing and sound mixing it was also nominated for best picture did it uh, win anything uh yeah it won best sound editing and i'd have to agree i really like the way that they that they edited the sound it was, it was so good <laughs> When I was watching it, I was just, I, they cut one sound effect in, in, in the middle, and I went, that's nice. Do you know, and uh, uh, so that means Bradley Cooper was nominated both for actor and he was one of the producers, so best picture. Nice. He pre produced the film. That's why he originally, as producer, he wanted Chris Pratt. 
But yeah, not much else to say about old Bradley Coops. Sienna Miller as uh, Taya Kyle, I did not recognize her. Seemed quite a thankless role because yeah. she's just like, she played a thing for Chris Kyle to impregnate. Yes. Basically. There's, uh, she got one one of the film's uh, unintentional laughs from me, of which there were a few, which was, um, oh, sorry folks, but when 9-11 happens in the movie, she announces it by going, Oh no, Chris! <laughs> 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 which I thought was just... No! Well, like, he joins the military seemingly because of the previous... The terrorist, Yeah, the embassy yeah. bombings and then the attack on the USS Cole, the mm. things that happened in 2000. So, like, he he's like a fucking hipster. Yeah, like he got he yeah, was yeah, yeah, he yeah. was cool. He, like imagine all the people who joined uh, like a year later, and he's like, "Ugh, you joined because of nine eleven, <laughs> you losers." I was cool. I hated Bin Laden before that. So yeah, cast wise, apart from that, we've got old Dauber that I talked about before. He uh, helped prep and then got a role. Luke Grimes played Mark Lee. Is he the one who died from yeah. being uh, a pessimist? Yeah, from being a pessimist, yeah. He's in uh, Yellowstone. I haven't watched any of it. Yellowstone is the Taylor I Sheridan. I yet. Um, I will. It's seemingly right up my street. Like, yeah, it looks good, but mm. it, it again, it, and it keeps getting Kevin renewed. Kevin Costner's in yeah, it. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner Western. I mean, what yeah. more do you fucking need? Right, absolutely. Yeah, I should start watching that. So, yeah. Uh, have you seen Taylor Sheridan's last film, the one with Angelina Jolie? It's no. a, it's on Netflix. It's What's called it the called? the Schmergen McHergenfurg. <laughs> something like that. Uh I will very quickly tell you what it's called. It's it, uh to those who wish me dead to those who to those who do things. Taylor Sh- Taylor Sheridan has an excellent batting average at this point. Those who wish me dead and it's on Netflix, I believe. I and is it think good? he sold it to I haven't seen it. That's why I was wondering if you'd seen it, but it's generally not that well. Uh, it wasn't very well received. Kind of similar reception to Jeremy Solnier's Hold the Dark. Oh, God, that was terrible. Is that terrible? Yeah, that, I hated that's it. sad because, again, I still haven't watched that because. Because Jeremy Solnier's the... first two films are. Well, right. It's, yeah. it's second and third. A murder Wait, party. Yeah, I haven't that doesn't, seen. doesn't count. We're not, uh, not yeah, um, are just so fucking fantastic. But, like, I mean, to start off, Taylor Sheridan had. Like, I mean, he wrote Sicario, which is a fucking terrific film. He wrote Hell High, High Water, Water. Directed Wind River. Wind wrote, River. I love Wind River. That uh, The shootout scene in Wind River. Is it is good? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you haven't watched Wind no, River? No, oh, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll shut up about that. Yeah, watch it. it. Do watch it. It's very, very good. It's uh, it's it's all, it's one of those films that it's, it's dark. It has a similar tone to Sicario. It's a solid film. His direction's obviously not going to match up to Denny mm. Villeneuve. I mean, he's learning. He's learning his trade, but no, it's, that's a Got good Got my film. ticket for Dune. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to say that. I had to say that. That was like a weird Tourette's outburst. I'm so happy. <laughs> if you could have seen Donica's face when he said, <laughs> Got my ticket for Dune. <laughs> well, I'll get a ticket for Dune at some I'm point so as well. Then. We, we can hold hands in the cinema as we, yes. we get that. Yes, I haven't the done that in years. Final cast member I wanted to point out is a man who was in Generation Kill as Godfather. Chance Kelly. What? Who's he? He in this he was Lieutenant Colonel Jones. He's like he's just playing like another military guy. He's 
He was uh, in Generation Curl. In Generation Kill, he's Colonel Ferrando, the mm. the guy who's like, Ugh. yeah, no, no, I know the guy in from that show. I had I had throat cancer. You never smoked? No, just lucky, I guess. But yeah, he was uh, just uh, another military. He's a colonel in this, except he talks normal. So there's, it's like a, he, he's like a variant. He's like a, a, a an, an Iraq War variant that's going around. It's the same guy. He loves the Iraq War, Chance Kelly. He signs I mean, up for anything. He's like, get me back to Iraq. Get me back to fake Iraq. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's just like Kevin Bacon with, you know, pedo rapists. Right. The Woodsman. What's his other pedo rapist one? Sleepers. Pop- oh, Sleepers. That. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. It's... Kevin's old, old Mr. Bacon and far worse crime that Kevin Bacon has committed is doing uh, adverts for the British um, phone network EE that I constantly have to watch whenever I go to the cinema back in the UK. A far worse crime that Kevin Bacon has, has committed than, <laughs> than anything depicted in his films. Agreed. Okay, I'm going to fly through the plot of this film. I think we've pretty much covered anything but everything so far. But Do. Let's see if there's any other fun stuff. So, growing up in Texas, Chris Kyle is taught by his father how to shoot a rifle and hunt deer. Years later, Kyle has become a ranch hand and rodeo cowboy and returns home early to find his girlfriend in bed with another man. That's, that's, uh, she, she's ugly. What, what, what do you mean, that he's a rodeo cowboy? No, 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 no. I actually mean, like, his, his lady's tasty. And then I said, oh. I'll, I'll stop myself from saying that, and then okay. you just dragged it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so weird. So, like, why did you get that? She's a, she's a nice-looking uh, lady, but what, is that... Are we assuming that that's a real thing? What, what's that... Is that supposed to show that he's just down and out, and he's, like, he's bombed out, like... He Something was like supposed. That, yeah. He was like, he's gonna be this fucking rodeo guy, and then his wife, leave, his girlfriend, leaves him, and then he's like, "That's it." Yeah. Okay. Well, after telling her to leave, he's mulling it over with his brother when he sees news coverage of the 1998 U.S. embassy bombings, and decides to enlist in the Navy. He qualifies for special training and becomes a sniper with the U.S. Navy SEALs. Yes, and he does all the buds. The buds training looks kind of bullshit. It looks like, I mean. It looks like it only lasts for about a day. It's a week. And it's a week, but that's yeah, yeah. kind of insane that you only have to do a week to become a Navy SEAL. No, 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 no. That's the entrance exam. Oh, that's and so if people to get into the if, actual if training, people don't want to sit in cold water for days, then they have well, to they fuck keep off. you awake as well. You're awake for seven days. Well, that's good. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Watch a lot of films. Um, and they got that. Done. They got that bell that you ring if you quit. And uh, yeah, yeah, like whenever I've heard interviews with Navy SEALs, they always like downplay the BUDS training because they say, yeah, but after that, you've got to do like four months of training. That's way harder. But it's like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's the entrance exams. To I never, it. I hadn't heard the term BUDS before the film, but now like you, I'm just using it like it's a thing that I know all the time. <laughs> talking. Yeah, you know, he did well, his I BUDS training. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're Mr. Jocko Willing's number one fan, but I don't know anything about the Navy SEALs. I thought they were actual SEALs. <laughs> so they're, they're not ne- n- neither seals nor sea lions they're actual humans with guns so kyle meets taya studebaker that's a good american a whole a nice wholesome american name taya studebaker at a bar and the two soon marry he's sent to iraq after the september the 11th attacks we i'll give a quick description of what the september the 11th attacks were so <laughs> We're almost coming up on the 20-year anniversary, and you do live on uh, 
September the 11th Street. 9-11 Street. Never it's forget. very controversial. Donica lives, and not to dox Donica, but he lives basically on September the 11th Street. It's very suspicious that here in Barcelona they had so much prior knowledge. They had like right? about 50 years prior knowledge about 9-11. They, be, they were celebrating 9-11 for like about 100 years or something. Well, it's it doesn't help suspicious. me sleep easier when I hear planes yeah. flying Go- overhead. Google, Google Barcelona September the 11th and you'll see that there's a whole thing going on here. Oh, they think it's a great time. Yeah, they're out there. All, they, they love it. They're celebrating in the streets shouting death to the infidels or something. I don't know. It's something in, Cat- like that. It's in, in Catalan. Catalan. Who yeah. knows? Could be anything. His first kills are a woman and a boy who attacked U.S. Marines on patrol with a Russian-made RKG-3 anti-tank grenade. Now, the this boy is, is horseshit, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The, no, apparently, the, well, Chris Kyle said it, so it must be not true. Uh, but apparently, the boy is the horseshit. Right. Yeah. But that I like that. But I that, thought that really added something, to be honest. Me too. Yeah. I, but I like the idea that he said, like, I, you know, I'd really like to kill a boy in this next scene. <laughs> a young boy. Pre- can I, I know I'm a sniper, but can I, I, can I go and do it with my hands? Can I just choke him out? <laughs> and they were Give like, no, the no, Chris. Give it to the boy. Give it to the boy. <laughs> Bradley's going to shoot him from up on top of a building, okay? Because that will seem at least slightly more plausible. Kyle is visibly upset by the experience, but later earns the nickname Legend for his many kills. For killing a child, he is nicknamed Legend. Assigned to hunt for the Al-Qaeda leader Abu Musab al-Zakawi, Kyle interrogates a family whose father offers to lead the seals to the butcher. Oh shit, Uh, yeah, okay, when we get to this bit, al-Zakawi's second, oh yeah, sorry, the butcher, al-Zakawi's second in command. The plan goes awry when the butcher captures the father and his son, killing them while Kyle is pinned down by a sniper. Now, when the butcher takes out a drill and starts drilling the child's head, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why am I watching a young boy being drilled? Yeah. That's not... When I I want to watch a young boy being (laughs) drilled, it's not with an actual drill, folks. (laughs) (laughs) He puts the drill into the boy's leg. Yeah. He puts the drill into the boy's leg or it gets the hose again. Yeah, it's messed up, isn't it? It is. I didn't need to see that, but I do like that like an 80 three-year-old man directing the film was like we need we need a drill we need to see blood on the drill folks. seems like a baddie invention from a, a rambo movie doesn't it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Who, just i mean just having having a drill just why i mean were you doing uh some kind of diy work around the place <laughs> why do you have a drill on oh you get God. a gun i imagine like the, the who op- throws a shoe <laughs> yeah well the, the upper rankers in like ice is coming around to inspect the guys in that city must have been gone now what's this ah, I fu- what's this ah, i fucking ah. hear about a drill who's been fucking give me yeah. give me that give me that give me that yeah so the sniper goes by the name mustafa and is an Olympic Games medalist from Syria. I wonder if Syria is going to become important later. I mean, after the film in global politics. Meanwhile, the insurgents issue a bounty on Kyle. That also is that also bullshit. Did they have a bounty on him? Uh, that, that apparently is horseshit. Also, right. yes, they had a bounty, but it was like a chocolate bounty bar. Oh, but not. Uh, that, but that's not Chris Kyle horseshit. That's like an invention of the right. Film. Yeah, that seems like Spielberg horseshit to mm. be like. These bloodthirsty savages. Anyway, Kyle returns home to his wife and the birth of his son. He is distracted by memories of his war experience and by Taya's concern for them as a couple. 
she wishes he would focus on his home and family. She's trying to get him to fix up the house, like handing him a drill. And he's going, ah! ah! Screams and runs out. He, he never does anything around the house. It's, the shelves are all falling down. Just sits drinking beer, yeah. watching videos, uh, kill videos. He tries to choke out a dog. Yes, he does. In the back garden when they're like having a picnic. I do, or, uh, or uh, a barbecue. I, I like that, I do like his uh, kind of PTSD of just paying attention to everything. Like he's driving at one point mm. and he's just constantly hyper-focused, yeah, hyper-vigilant. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like a bit of the old hyper-vigilance. I'm a fan. I think that's good. I think we should all do that and have a, a 180 B, BPM heart rate. Kyle leaves for a second tour and is promoted to chief petty officer. Doesn't sound very good, does it, to be a petty? A <laughs> no, petty it doesn't. You're such a petty officer. Involved in a shootout with the butcher, he helps in killing him. When he returns home to a newborn daughter, Kyle becomes increasingly distant from his family. On Kyle's third tour, Mustafa seriously injures a unit member, Ryan Biggles' job, and the unit is evacuated back to base. When they decide to return to the field and continue the mission, another SEAL, Mark Lee, is killed by gunfire. Yep. That seems fucking, like, to go back, they went back to get vengeance, basically, and mm. one of them dies. It just seems Those like incidents a, were much more spaced out in real life. I'm sure they were, because in it seems like they waited about half an hour and were like, all right, fuck it, let's get back in there. Guilt compels Kyle to undertake a fourth tour. Fuck me. And Taya tells him she may not be there when he returns. Back in Iraq, Kyle is shocked to learn Biggles died in surgery to repair the wounds he sustained. Yeah. That just feels a bit crap. I That's like Kanye's mom dying from getting like plastic surgery. Mm. It just seems crap because he'd been shot. Like he had, he just needed to get his face fixed or something. Yeah. Why are you dying in surgery for that? Complications. Anesthetic? What's complications? I don't know. They, I'm ac- not a doctor. they accidentally used a drill instead of a, a scalpel. Assigned to kill Mustafa, who's been sniping U.S. Army combat engineers building a barricade. Uh, Kyle's sniper team is placed on a rooftop inside enemy territory. Kyle spots Mustafa and takes him out with a risky long-distance shot at 2,100 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Do you know who I love in that scene in the, <laughs> the sequence in the film? You know the, the, the character who might as well be called Doubting Thomas? It's a nice biblical reference. You know the guy who's like, don't you do it, <laughs> D- Cooper, You're come on. Ex- yeah. Well, he has a point because he's saying, like, you'll expose our position. And that's exactly what happens. He kills him. He makes a 2,000-yard shot, which is cool. I mean, it reminded me a bit of Wanted, but not as cool as that. Not, James not McAvoy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. James McAvoy spinning bullets. It's a bit of that because it's, it's almost two kilometers. I, have the shot. Never, I don't think there's ever been a, a line of adaptation taken quite for such a long walk as the comic book of Wanted to the film of Wanted, except for maybe what actually happened and what Chris Kyle wrote. That's quite a line taken for a walk as well. But like, um, the, yeah, the difference between those two are staggering. So, uh, yeah, so he exp- when Kyle makes this shot to kill Mustafa, they exposes their position to numerous armed insurgents. 
then there's a so in the mid they're in the midst of a gunfight and low on ammunition. Kyle tearfully calls Taya and tells her he's ready to come home. A sandstorm provides cover for a chaotic escape in which Kyle is injured and almost left behind. I did like the big helicopter. There's like a sandstorm coming in. The helicopter is mm. kind of racing in and is going to fire ordnance onto their position, which again this feels like a bit bullshit. I think. Yeah, you can watch this if you want, but you should just watch Black Hawk Down instead. That's Bla- what I, I, I read a little bit about Black Hawk Down being criticized for coming at the time it came out and being kind of pro-US military. I haven't gone back and watched it in recent I've seen times. that a lot of uh, times. It's a really good we film. We got a Black Hawk Down. I, I genuinely, I think that's a, that's a great film. It's old, old Ridley Scott's. Mm. I would like to rewatch that. Um, yeah, Chris Kyle in this. So uh, Chris Kyle has a satellite phone to handily call up his missus whenever he wants. Seemingly. Yeah, I mean, is he could have that? I think was just one dramatization too far for me. Like he's calling her then, then really? <laughs> well, he did. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. Sorry, it's bullshit. I, I refuse to believe that happened. Yeah. After Kyle gets back on edge and unable to adjust fully to civilian life, he's asked by a veterans affairs psychiatrist if he's haunted by all the things he did in war. When he re- when he replies, it is all the guys he couldn't save that haunt him. <laughs> that is, I, I don't know. I don't know about it. Okay, maybe so, but. Hmm, the psychiatrist encourages... Mm. It's, it's not because the 160 <laughs> lives that he confirmed 160 people he murdered. I know he did it for the military, but still. Okay, okay. The psychiatrist encourages him to help severely wounded veterans in the VA hospital. After that, Kyle gradually begins to adjust to home life. Yes. Years later, on February 2nd, 2013, Kyle says goodbye to his wife and family as he leaves in good She's spirits. She's not wearing any knickers? Yeah, that's right. They, he's kind of suggests he's going to shagger, but then he leaves uh, in good spirits to spend time with Eddie Ray Routh, uh, a veteran suffering from PTSD at shooting range. An on-screen subtitle reveals that Kyle was killed that day by Routh. That I liked. Followed by archive footage of crowds standing among the highway of her funeral procession. More are shown attending his memorial service. Yeah, because they originally filmed a scene at the shooting range of Routh, or Ruth, I guess it's Routh, killing Chris Kyle. Yeah, it's good they which, didn't show that. Yeah, his, 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 uh, his, his widow refused to let them air, to, to use that. So... Thank fuck, really, because yeah. I was wondering. Because it actually adds an element of class to the ending. Yeah, because when yeah. they introduced, they For just sure. they introduced this really squirrely, yeah. like, and you, and if you know anything about Chris Kyle, you know that he was killed by like a veteran with PSD at a shooting range. So, mm. like, you see this kind of awkward looking guy who's like, "Yeah, I want to, I want to go shooting." Yeah, and uh, you, yeah. So might thank as well fuck be play, the, played by Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, uh, some untrustworthy looking guy i'm sure we can think of a few and uh yeah so that was like about a year before i mean he died like a year before the film came out not even so it was it was all very very fresh production when he died yeah uh bradley cooper had spoken to him on the phone he only ever spoke to chris cowell once on the phone and was probably like, fuck it, I don't want to talk to this dick. <laughs> He's like, how can I get out of this film? I guess I'm going to have to make it now. Well, yeah, I mean, he was probably, he started out getting advice from him, and he's like, well, first of all, you got to, um, are you familiar with laser guns yet? Because we <laughs> shot exclusively laser guns from spaceships. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, Brad Bradley Cooper called him and was like, "Oh shit, I thought you were Marcus Luttrell. <laughs> I chose <laughs> the wrong one. I meant to make Lone Survivor. I fucked up." I mean, Lone Survivor and the films that followed it. I mean, at least they've given us, for me, one of the funniest things in history uh, to be thankful for, which is uh, Mark Wahlberg saying he could have stopped nine eleven. Which yeah, I'm a big fan of Chris. I feel like the, like Chris Kyle could have done the same. Mm. Well, I, I feel he, like he would have. I mean, he's he like actually, I stopped. I he stopped, might have actually stopped nine eleven. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped Hurricane Katrina with bullets <laughs> <laughs> and all of the black citizens of New Orleans who I executed, according to him. Yeah, won't be watching this again. No, I. Uh, I'm glad that I. It's uh, a Best Picture nominee. It's got six Oscar nominations. It made half a billion dollars. It's Clinty, Big Clinty, Clint, Bradley Coops. I'll tick that off the list. I shall not be revisiting it. But job done. Yeah, there we are. Call it friendo. Catchphrase. <laughs> what job? <laughs> job done. No, That's no, you're it. gonna. Yeah, yeah. It's another one bites the dust. This is it. Yeah. So. Uh, we're doing fucking French films next, right? So, yeah, if you can remember, long-term listeners, four million years ago when we recorded the last episode, the criteria was to choose a, a French film, a boring, pretentious French film. Uh, I like French films, boring, pretentious French films. Yeah, I was assuming you were going to sing. So, well, I chose something that could be pretentious. Well, it's probably pretentious. I don't know about boring. It's something I've been planning to watch for a long time because... I've read the book and I have seen another film adaptation. I've read and see I've seen other films from the same series and also read I have all the books. I have all the films that have been made of this series. It's a 1960 film starring Alain Delon, Plein, Plein Soleil, aka Purple Noon. I am not familiar with anything you just it said. It is the original film version of uh, the town of the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh wow! Okay, Patricia Highsmith's uh, talented Mr. Ripley novel was turned into a French film called Plein Soleil in 1960, starring Alan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You've read all the Highsmith books, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've I have them all. I don't think I've finished all of them, but I've watched. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, of her work. The Anthony Minghella film is fucking yeah, terrific. Yeah, and I, re- I, I reread the book, Talented Mr. Ripley, within the last year, and I rewatched the film, I think, during lockdown last year. Yeah, we watched it during lockdown as well. Really yeah, enjoyed it. it is. It's nice. It's very beautiful. And Shocking violence. A nice bit of kind of uh, homosexual male gaze. G-A-Z-E. Yeah, yeah. G-A-Z-E and G-A-Y-S. Yeah, I added I added homosexual, which kind of made it slightly <laughs> redundant. That's why I said homosexual, so I wanted to make sure that people knew it was gays, G-A-Z-E. I, well, I would be perfectly fine with you winning. Um, I fear I fear mine is veering directly into Camp Pretentious, but um, okay. I'm interested in watching it. Um, so I think it's the uh, second film by uh, famous pretentious French filmmaker Leos Carax, Les Amants de Pont Neuf. The Lovers, Lovers of, of Bridge Nine? Yeah, exactly. Lover, yes, Lover, yeah, I yeah. speak French, baby. There you go, there you I'm go. The, I don't even need subtitles. I will have subtitles. Yeah, I'll yeah definitely you should have, have subtitles. subtitles. Okay. You got a fucking uh, you got a fucking coin? I do believe I do. I do believe I do. No, actually, I don't know if I do. I stopped kind of carrying cash. I had coins I yesterday. I, I used them. To buy drugs. No, I used them to buy non-alcoholic beer. Ah. Yeah. What's your brand? Living the dream. Whatever they gave me at uh, the old comedy clubhouse in Barcelona. Do you know what's a good one? The Superbach one. Oh, the Portuguese. Yeah. uh, yeah. I quite like that. Nice. 
Ah, I like all of them really. You get quite, you get used to them very quickly. Like I think uh, it's on this slight diversion of topics. I'll just say this: you never need to have more than one non-alcoholic beer. I think it's a misstep. I think after the first non-alcoholic beer, you should just drink something like sparkling water. You should you don't need to have more than one. It's madness because they do they do make you farties as well. Ah, I never they make noticed. you do farty farts. All right, uh, I've got a coin here. This is good because I can actually observe the flipping of this coin to see if there's any shenanigans. Okay, so well, I want I like to. I'm going to observe the coin, please. It's, it's a. It's a nice okay, coin. one side is a fifty, and the other side the fuck is, is fuck knows, like the shield, the shield, the shield of death. Okay, so shield of death or fifty? I'm going to go fifty. Okay, here we go. Fuck it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So managed to hit a bottle there with that. That's impressive. No pressure. Okay, it's flipped and it's down. And it's the shield of death. The shield of death, which means we're watching the the bridge fuckers. Bridge fuckers. Bridge fuckers. 1991 Leo Carax film Bridge Fuckers of the Ninth Bridge. So wait, one more time. It's called Les Amants. Les de Amants de Pont Neuf. And it's from 1991. Correct. Wow, okay. That's far more recent. I assume this was going to be from like 1937 or something. That's oh, my, I, my almost first dropped, uh, I almost dropped a three and a half hour 1941 film called Les Enfants des Paradis mm. on you. Okay. But I said, I probably, I don't know. I'm, I, can't, I haven't been able to fit Spanish lessons in the last week. Paternity leave is not as much uh, free time as I anticipated. Oh, oh. Boy, but okay. I'm going to, I'm looking well, let's, forward to watching uh, this. So let's have a quick run through of some of the criteria that we've used before. Okay. We've had, we've had French. We've had comedy. We've had comedy. We've, uh, what other genres have we used? I asked for a horror film. We went by some years here and there. Yeah, we've, uh, we had a can. Yes, that's right. Can winner. from a certain year. No, we had Pamela Oscar, winner. Best I Picture. Best Picture nominees. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to go insane criteria. I'm going to say, a film that starts with the letter F. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck it, indeed. Fuck it, because this is insane. If you're listening to this and you have any ideas for criteria, or even film recommendations, if you... Because mm. we could just fucking we'll yeah, if you stick sh- something send down. Send in some films starting with F, because I, I... Yeah, yeah, if you have any I'm ideas... I'm just going French Connection Fargo, French Connection Fargo, French Connection yeah, Fargo. Fortunately, I've seen... Both of those, because we have to choose things that we ain't ever seen before. I do actually have some, I just, while we're talking, some F films have come to mind. I'm not going to say them, you know, but they're there. But if you have any good ideas, let us know. All right. Um, bye. <laughs> we can't just do it. We're not on Zoom anymore. All right. Well, b- b- bye. Bye. Well, yeah, okay. I'm still inside your house. <laughs> I need to get out of your house. Well, we, do we have a sign off? Uh yeah, I mean, enjoy, go to Instagram. We'll post stuff. Hopefully, we're gonna post some videos at some point. We just I hadn't done my makeup today, so it didn't seem appropriate. <coughs> also, you know, we're inside Donica's private COVID space, and it just you know doesn't seem appropriate right now. Maybe join we'll, us next week. <laughs> join, join us next week, maybe on a balcony, depending on how things are going. Because my uh, it says it's thirty five degrees on my laptop. It's gonna melt. So. That is the end of episode 48 of Call It Friendo Podcast. I love See you, you next time. I love you. Bye. Bye.